Shalom, Boker Tov, good morning, buenos dias, welcome to the Aliyah Day, and Aliyah Day keeps the Yetzahara away. Well, as you can see, I am not Rabbi Mordecai, but I am his son. I am Ahmet Ben Mordecai, and I am the standing goodbye for Sar Shalom and the PE Judaism, so I want to welcome everybody. I'm seeing some beautiful comments coming in, so shalom, everybody. I am Shomerman, so shouts out to the Rumbot, appreciate that. Uh, so, you know, Rabbi is Captain Yisrael, and I am Shomerman, so he's the blue guy, I'm the red guy, uh, with a little bit of gold, because I'm not all red, you know, I don't want to be like Aesop or anything, don't confuse me for that, I'm like Sapphire team, you know, so maybe I should get a Sapphire suit, but anyway... So, without further ado, I am very long-winded. I normally podcast for like at least two and a half, three hours maybe a week. And uh, so, if you have the Anchor app, you can check Shomerman out on there. And uh, if you just need something for, you know, long flights across the world, uh, you can listen to those podcasts if you so choose. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so I just want to shout out to Captain Israel, a.k.a. Rabbi Griffin, the founder of Lapid Judaism, for giving me this opportunity to be with y'all. So, Baruch Hashem. So, um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to begin in Parsha Beshalak. So if you have your art scroll, Chumash, uh, you can follow me on page 367. Uh, don't know the Spanish of that, and uh, I don't really speak Spanish, but I'm okay with it. I like learning it. So, Baruch Hashem. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining me today. The first reading for Parsha, Boom Shakalaka, starts in Shemot, Exodus 13, 17, and we're off. It happened when Pharaoh sent out the people that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, because it was near, for God said, Perhaps the people will reconsider when they see a war and they will return to Mitzrayim. So God turned the people toward the way of the wilderness to the Sea of Reeds. Normally it's called the Red Sea, but if you really read the translation from the Hebrew, it is the Yom Suf, which would literally translate to Sea of Reeds. It says the children of Israel were armed. They were straight up ready to ride on people. Okay. Anyway, hip hop term or hood term. I don't know what you want to call it. Ghetto, I guess. Uh, it says anyway, so they were armed. They went up from Egypt. Moshe took the bones of Yosef with him. Bones of Yosef. Mm. It's important to know the word for bones at Zim is also the same word as a homiletic interpretation for essence. So they did not only take the bones of Yosef, they took the essence of Yosef. So think about that, because Kol HaTor, we're going to bring down Bezrat Hashem, depending on time, uh, that the bones are, oh, whenever you hear about Yosef in the Torah, you need to be thinking Mashiach ben Yosef. That's literally codified in the Kol HaTor. But anyway, going on, so he took the essence of Yosef, I mean the bones of Yosef, I mean the essence of Yosef, uh, he took that with him, for he had firmly 
adjured the children of Israel, saying, God will surely remember you. Pakod pakoti, the famous Hebrew phrase. I will surely remember you. And it says, you shall bring up my bones. You shall bring up my essence from here with you. Okay, Mashiach, Matthew 28. Remember that? Okay. And it says, they journeyed from Sukkot and encamped in Etam at the edge of the wilderness. Adonai went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel day and night. He did not remove the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Hashem is that amazing. Continuing on here. We're going all the way to verse 9, apparently, of chapter 14. So it says, Hashem spoke to Moshe, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and let them turn back and encamp before Pi-Chayarot. You need to know, if you know Hebrew, which we're about to learn it all together. Ready? Go! Uh, P is the same word as pay. Pay-yod. Okay, is P, like mouth. Pay, hey, is pay. So, pay, yod, and pay, hey, all have to do with the mouth. Okay, so that's the first part. So, he said, encamp before the mouth. The mouth of what? Chairot. If you look at that word, it's ha-chirot, which can also be said or spoken as cherut, which is freedom. Okay, so the mouth of freedom and yes, if you're thinking about, well, didn't Paul say something about freedom? For freedom that Hashem set you free? Okay, or he said Mashiach, but we know Mashiach is one with Hashem. Not to confuse him with Hashem, because you're not supposed to substitute Mashiach for Hashem. But there's another drop for another time. Uh, so yeah, so he says, go and camp at the mouth of freedom, because now I've set you free. So if you turn around and go back the other way, then that means you're going to bring yourself back into a yoke of slavery. It's going to be really horrible because the Egyptians are so turned up right now because all their firstborns just died. And then there's all this other stuff that's been going down for the past year. So I don't think you really want to go back and deal with that right now, you know? So anyway, the mouth of freedom. P. Chirot. All right, everybody got that? All right, Mazal Tov. Good job, everybody. Learning Hebrew. All right, yay. All right, next. It says, between Migdol... Oh, that's another Hebrew word. Ready? Migdol comes from the word for tower. It's mem. Where is that word at? Yeah, mem, gimel, dalit, lamed. Okay? And if you take off the mem, you have the word gadol, which is also the word for great. And then if you put a mem in front of a word in Hebrew, it's the preposition for from. So, me, gadol. From Gadol. Okay? So now you're going to camp in front of the mouth of freedom between from the great one. Or from he who is great. But yet, these are Egyptian gods. These are the only ones that were left standing because it was to give hope to the Egyptians. Because it was like, hey, killed all your firstborn, killed all your deities. But I'm going to leave up too just so you have a little bit more hope so you can come chase my people. And then I can show you, well, really that was just me you know, just kind of pulling you along the string. But since you wouldn't repent, this is now going to be like ultimate shame, ultimate destruction. I'm sorry. 
you know, kind of thing. But you you brought this on yourself. It's like I didn't punch you. You actually ran into my fist. And, you know, how many times did Hashem say, let my people go so they may come and worship me? I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just asking, you know. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, but these gods, one was in the form of a man, one was in the form of a woman. They were rock carvings out here. And it's just like, yeah, our gods are fighting for us. The man and the woman are going to unify and they're going to kill the, the children of Israel and all this mixed multitude. Everybody's going down. Egypt wins. Israel loses. And Hashem is like, yeah, that's what it looks like. But I just need you to know that the very names you chose for your God are actually giving me credence and glory. Like mouth of freedom between the great one. I'm just saying. He who is a tower of salvation for his king. We seen that in the Birkai Hamazon after we finished eating that bread. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, anyway, so just that's in the beer cot. That's the Shammer Man version. Okay, anyway, so moving. Says, uh, so they're between Migdol and the sea before Baal Zephon. Okay, more Hebrew. I know, I'm gonna, this is the only Hebrew I'm gonna translate right now. Okay, Baal is the word for master. Zephon comes from the word for to hide, the master of hiding. So now we got the mouth of freedom from the great one who is the master of hiding. That's where I want y'all to camp at because this is the ultimate showdown to wipe out these Egyptians. This is the last stand. This is the end game. This is like snap, you know, the, of the gauntlet. It's like we're just going to do it all right here. And we're going to use your false gods to take you down. Which is like, that's got to be horrible. I mean, like, you worship these deities and they lead you to your downfall? Like, that's not good. Anyway, master of hiding. Mashiach is the master of hiding. He's right now covered in Asav, sitting at the gates of Rome. He looks like a Christian, but he's not. He looks like he's from Rome, but he's not. He's actually born in Israel. The only Mashiach born in Israel. I mean, I'm just saying... You know, he shows up talking to people on the road to Emmaus, teaching them about Mashiach in the Torah, like Lapid style. And they're like, my heart's burning within us. I don't know what to do. It's like, you got peace of mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, snap. That's Mashiach. I thought you were some. Where'd he go? And he disappears. Which, by the way, the word Zephon is also the same word as to disappear. So the master of disappearing at the mouth of freedom. Uh I'm yelling. I'm sorry. Or my voice. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So the, the hiding one says, You shall camp opposite it by the sea. Paro will say of the children of Israel. What did he say? He says, They're imprisoned in the land. The wilderness has locked them in. I shall strengthen the heart of Pharaoh and he will pursue them. And I will be glorified. Everybody say, And I will be glorified. Mm. Okay, I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, and then I found the Lord, and now I'm a Jew. Anyway, uh, so, got some little roots that's still working their way out, but that's okay, we got some Torah for that. Alright, so it says, I will be glorified through Paro. Hashem is going to be glorified through a whole bunch of paganness going on, like false gods everywhere, this, this angry Pharaoh who doesn't want to listen to Hashem, whatever with your Torah, whatever with your Hashem whatever and it's like okay cool that's gonna bring glory to me 
I just want to say a say lot for the ages on that because I mean, what in the world? Like sometimes we get so defeated that why is there so much paganness in the world? Why is everybody losing their mind and acting like they in Babylon? Why don't we just all do this Yeshua thing and like walk in the way, the truth and the life and stuff. And it's like, yeah, whatever. I got things to do. You know, I know it's Shabbat, but that's, that's so 2000 years ago. That's an old day. Just like your old Testament, just like your old God. It's like, okay, well, that's unfortunate because through all this nonsense, Hashem is going to be glorified and it ain't going to be good for those who are caught up in the nonsense. So if you're a person caught up in the nonsense, here's an opportunity to come to the sense. You know, I don't know. Just a, just an opportunity. Just throwing it out there. You don't have to. I mean, Mashiach didn't tell everybody that uh, you, you need to come with me. He said, follow me. He gave opportunities. That's, that's the whole thing. Hashem is going to give you opportunities. And it's not going to be based off of him forcing you to do so. That's called, like, you're under arrest. And Hashem is not going to put you under arrest until later. Okay? We have a little time to work things out, figure out what we want to do. And then when it comes to the crunch time, that's when it's going to be like, all right, hands behind your back. Please watch your head as you're getting into the car of Gehenna. All right. Anyway, uh, we don't want that. So that's why Lapid exists. I mean, just just say no to the nonsense. I love that. Okay. By the way, I see you as a rescue, by the way. So if you want to take on the Avenger name, shouts out to you for that. Anyway, um, moving forward, got a whole lot here and I'm just taking a lot of time. All right. Anyway, here we go. So Hashem, or Pharaoh, Hashem is going to be glorified through Pharaoh. We're in 14.4 and it says, and his entire army and Mitzrayim, Egypt, will know that I am Hashem. And so they did. You know, that's kind of one of the sad things where the only way they're going to know Hashem is Hashem is through their death. You know, and it's like sometimes it takes death for people to know that God is God and we should listen to him. It's kind of like when you're a child, you tell your parents, like I told my parents, I don't even know how I'm here. It's literally a miracle, like resurrection or something. But I tell my parents, no, you will not tell me what to do. Uh, 20 hours later, I wake up and I'm like, I need a new haircut. You know, because that's how long I was out, you know, but sometimes it takes death. It takes a, a quick blow, you know, to make you realize, hey, you're not in charge here. And there's somebody else in charge. You should probably listen to him. Just saying. Anyway, my mom didn't really knock me out. Neither did my dad. They're really cool people. But they did, you know, put the hammer down when it was time. They, they say it was hammer time. And I was like, dun, 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 dun. and that didn't work out well either. But anyway, that's where I got my dance moves from. From getting beat down, I guess. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enough of my personal information out here. It says, um, you, they'll know that I'm Shem. Verse 5. Got three verses, man. Come on, we can do this. I was told, or it was told to the king of Egypt, that the people had fled in the heart of Paro, and his servants became transformed regarding the people. Transformed? Really? Like Romans 12? Transformed? But they became like the other side transformed. So I guess instead of being Autobots, they were like Decepticons. So it depends on what you want to do with this AllSpark, like the Torah. Like the Torah is going to transform you. But do you want to be like an Autobot with like Optimus Prime, you know, like Lapid style? Or do you want to be like a Decepticon? I'm just saying. Transform that, right? Okay. 
transformed regarding the people. And they said, what is this that we have done that we have sent away Israel from serving us? It's like, why do we let these people go? What? And it's like everything was forgotten about. The whole year was forgotten about. All the persecution was forgotten about. All the beat down. Oh, all the firstborns, they like forgot everything died. They just forgot about all that. It's like, why do we let these people go? We're got to go get them. Okay, and it says, verse 6, my favorite verse, by the way. He harnessed his chariot and attracted his people with them. This is also my favorite verse. He took 600 elite chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with officers on them all. Talks about they loaded up their chariots with more silver and gold, more jewels and treasures than they did weapons. It's kind of like I got this one sword, but I got 50 gold chains, though. I mean, we about to ride on these fools. Like, hat turned backwards, gold chain around their neck, sitting on this gold leather seat, you know, and like... We got everything. And it's like, well, you got one sword and you got all these chains. What are you going to chain him to death? Like, here, take my money. You know, and it's just like, think about this. Like, you're going to war, I think. Or are you going to a fashion show? Like, I don't really know what you're trying to do here. But anyway, last verse. Hashem strengthened the heart of Paro, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel were going out with an upraised arm. Come on. They were going out with an upraised arm. Bayad Ramah. I distinctly remember Mashiach saying, like, if I'm raised, I'll draw all men unto me. And is he called the arm of Hashem or is he not? You know? So, with the uh, few minutes that I have left, because I can't seem to read without uh, digressing. Now I know where I get it from because I've, Apparently, someone digresses all the time. But anyway, all right, so I want to start off with the big guy, the big man, the one who's called Professor Talmud, formerly known as Incredible Talmud, because that's how legit he is. Yes, I'm talking about the Hulk, who's now Professor Hulk, and that is Mikael Nicholson. Shout out to the boy. Okay, so he said this. He says a young, well, he didn't say this. He quoted this and took a picture of it and he blasted it to the world. And, and then I, I took a copy of it. it. says a young man studying for conversion turned to his teacher and said, but Rabbi Kushner, Fitzpatrick isn't a Jewish name. To which Kushner replied, it will be. So what I love about that. Oh, he said this is from Choosing a Jewish Life by Anita Diamant. He says, this right here is how I feel about it. And I love that because this is the thing, y'all. As Lapid, if you don't think you're a legit Jew by following Mashiach and undergoing conversion, embracing the yoke of heaven, you know, changing your last name to Mashiach, I'm just kidding about that part. I mean, you change your last name by following Mashiach. So I guess, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, when you do that, you become a legitimate Jew. Kepha, Yochanan, Matityahu, Andrew, Vitalamu, like all the other ooze and, and, and all that stuff. They weren't concerned about if we're legitimate Jews or not. 
they got in there and they did their thing. They followed Mashiach and it was just like, okay, so we're a bunch of fishermen turnt, turnt up people, you know? So like Lapid, I don't know where you come from. Maybe you're across the world somewhere, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And it's just like, yeah, so I'm the only one. And, you know, I just learned what kosher is yesterday. And I just learned what Shabbat was. I just lit the candles for the first time. I just studied a Torah portion. I now know what an Aliyah is. I now know what Yeshua means, you know, like any of that stuff. You're embracing any of that and you're continuing to. And for the sake of heaven, like not because you're trying to gain favor from people and all that kind of stuff. That's what's a legitimate Jew. Because you got to think about it. The first person who's called a legitimate Jew is Abraham and his wife, Sarah, who was a bunch of people from Ur Kazdim who was leaving all this idolatry and there was nobody to convert them. There was nobody to teach them about Kashrut and all that kind of stuff, like rabbi down the street or whatever. Now, I'll tell you that Abraham learned from Noah and he also learned from Shem, who's the grandson of Noah. So... How in the world did Abraham go from this all the way over here to this? Like, completely just jumping ship. And it's just like, that's the same opportunity all of us have as Lapidniks. Okay, so Lapid Nation, get you some nation spark on, right? Like, if we're in this for the praise of people, if we're going to let comments take us down, if we're going to let, oh, where are you from? Where are you diving? Like, uh, how do you say this word in Hebrew? If we're going to let that take us down, then we just need to stop for a minute, return to Yeshua, and start from there. Because I'm just saying, Yeshua never struggled with his identity, and neither did his Talmudim. Well, one of them kind of did, but he figured it out after he kissed him on the cheek and then threw the money back at the people. And again, he had a horrible death, because sometimes it takes death for you to learn who Hashem really is, and best right Hashem, we don't have to do that. We don't need those hangups. Okay, so... Uh, so yeah, so I just wanted to say that drop about this Fitzpatrick isn't a Jewish name and it now it's going to be because when you convert, you're getting grafted in and that's a whole lot of amazingness. But I want to key in on the fact that we just read that we left Egypt armed. We had at least five type of weapons. Okay, you think of like those little Swiss Army knives, those little multi-tool pocket things where you got this, you can flip it back in and pull out another one. Okay, so think about the name of Hashem being manifest as a weapon and it can turn into whatever you need. That's basically what we had when we left Egypt. And we had the taste of the lamb, the Pesach lamb, Mashiach ben Yosef's essence. Because remember, the lamb of the Pesach wasn't broken, right? And so that's what we partook of the night before we left. So now we got that taste in our mouth. So we're all turned up. We're all too juiced, you know, super juiced. We, you know, took the serum or got our superpower, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And now Hashem is like, take my name and use it. It's like, well, I don't, I don't really know how to fight. I've been doing all this, this slave work in Egypt. Hashem's like... Yeah, I'm pretty sure if you can make a brick and carry a brick miles and miles away, I'm pretty sure you can knock somebody out. So be ready for that. But I'm not saying that you need to do that. Because if you realize it says Hashem led them, by the way, when Hashem leads you, there's generally not anything left for you to punch. 
much less look at after he comes through and clears a path. I'm just saying, because the sea, you know, what was that? I don't know what was in the sea. I mean, all kinds of creatures, I'm, I'm guessing. And apparently it was dry ground and they could just go through and pick out fruit and just, you know, be chilling. And it's just kind of like, okay, but this is a sea. We should have died. And it's like, yeah, but Hashem went before us, so we didn't. And furthermore, the uh, the army came behind us and they tried to kill us. Hashem took them out from the from the front while he was at the back. You know, like he led us through, but yet he was behind us. And then he's with us at the same. I mean, come on, man. Like, what is this? I have no idea what is going on. But anyway, that's how Hashem rolls. So you think about Mashiach in Matthew 28, where he says, you know, teach them, teach the nations, teach the Goyim, Matthew 28, 20. Observe all that I commanded you and remember I am with you. I am the manifested weapon of Hashem's name that's with you. You need to use me. And the way you use me is by teaching people what I taught you. Okay. And you model what I modeled for you so that when you model it to people, they can see what you do and do what you do. And not only have to listen to what you say and do what you say, but they can listen to what you say and do what you do because you do what you say. Because most time people say one thing and then they do a different thing. And it's like, no, do what I say, don't do what I do. And it's like, Hashem don't roll that way. So we are armed, y'all. We need to take up arms. Take Mashiach and do it. So I am way out of time on everything, but here's what I do want to share about this whole armed thing. I want to find this little drop here. Uh, da, 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 da. You know what? I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go right here from Legends of the Jews. Just take. I'm just gonna take it all down right now. Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, Chapter Four. Starting at section 354. We're just going to do do it all right now. Just to get it all over with. The exodus of the Israelites began at Ramses. And although the distance from there to the city of Mitzrayim where Moshe abode was a 40-day journey, yet they heard the voice of their leader urging them to leave the land. Moshe said, all right, let's go. And even if they were 40 days away, they heard him and they made it in time to make it out of Egypt. So... Think about that 40-day journey, and it's like, because you're listening to the voice of the Redeemer, you're just going to traverse it like that. You know, anyway, it says, so they covered a distance from Ramses to Sukkot, which is typically a three days march, and they covered that in an instant. So what's time when it's traveling with a Shem? It's like a Shem Airlines, it's like teleporting. I love it. I'm totally down for teleportation. Anybody else? Yeah? Okay, cool. All right, so uh, it goes on to say, no, I'm not, okay, not that. Okay. Anyway, it says uh, they covered that in an instant. In Sukkot, God enveloped them in seven clouds of glory, four hovering, four, four hovering in front, behind, and at the two sides, and one suspended above them to keep off rain, hail, the rays of the sun, and one under them to protect them from thorns. And snakes, yeah, they were treading on snakes and scorpions because they were traveling Hashem Airlines. Okay, so the seventh cloud, though, preceded them and prepared the way for them, exalting the valleys, boom, and making low every mountain and hill. Thus, they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years. In all that time, no artificial lighting was needed. They didn't flip light switches. 
which is not why we don't need to flip light switches on Shabbat, by the way. So to tie that to that, it's not really the thing. Because back then, lights were, what, oil lamps, okay? Anyway, so they didn't need that artificial light. They also had a beam, a beam, like beam me up, Scotty, from the celestial cloud and it followed them into the darkest of chambers. And if one of the people had to go outside the camp, even there, he was accompanied by a fold of the cloud. Like the cloud just went with you as you wherever you went. Like Mashiach says, I'm with you wherever you go. You're, you're literally clothed in Mashiach. And it's a covering and it protected them. Only that a difference might be made between day and night. The pillar of fire took place of the cloud when it was evening. So the only way they knew it was dark outside is like, oh, fire, fire's up. All right, it's time for my reef. Okay, cloud's back. All right, Shakari, Minka. All right, let's do it. Okay, daytime mitzvahs, let's go. Okay, fire's back. Nighttime mitzvahs, let's go. That's the only way they knew it was dark. Okay, or light. And it, then it goes on to say, never for an instant were the people without the one or the other to guide them. Because when you're with Hashem, he doesn't leave you for a moment. Kepha was walking out on the water. Peter was walking out on the water and the stormy craziness. And Mashiach was standing out there hovering over the waters. And like the spirit of Hashem did in Genesis 1. And Kepha was like, Mashiach, if that's you, then call me out there. And Mashiach was like, okay, Bo, come on, get you some. And Kepha was like, y'all want some. And then he went out there and then he was like, wait a minute. Whoa, wait, what is this? I'm in the middle of a storm. Water's all up. It looked like the splitting of the Yom Suf. I'm guessing because you realize the Yom Suf was all stormy and whatnot. Anyway, so Kepha was walking out. And then all of a sudden he's like overwhelmed. Key word, overwhelmed. And then he starts sinking. And then Mashiach grabs him because what does Kepha say? Help, help, Lord. He didn't have a problem calling Mashiach Lord because like Mashiach is the manifestation of Hashem or something. But anyway, so he called him, he pulled him up and was like, hey, why'd you doubt, man? And all of a sudden they're in the boat. Teleporting again. Goodness gracious. Okay, so I am out of time, but definitely not out of content. I just wanted to say all that. You know, because that's like one of my favorite lines, you know, and when he when Rabbi goes into all the greetings and everything. So what I want to leave us with, since we're all the way out of time and stuff and I've talked forever and it's only been 30 minutes. I'm good job. I met Shama man. All right. So then the rest of the uh, 16 hours of Josh will be on my podcast. But anyway, what I want to say to everybody, my, my parting words I want to say to you is that do not do not get overwhelmed. You have Hashem with you. Namely, if you're a Lapidnik, you have Mashiach, who is the manifestation of Hashem's name as a weapon for you. And if you don't use it, I want to encourage you to use it. Okay? Don't let this physicality, this materiality trip you up, pull you out, and, and shut you down. Ain't nobody got time for that. Either we want Mashiach or we don't. Either Lapid is here to bring Mashiach or we're not. And I'm going to say we are. So I hope everybody's with me. And, um, you know, so take Mashiach with you. Go forth in the power of his word. And even if you're walking on top of stormy waters, going through crazy trials and tribulations of all kinds, Mashiach says, my peace, I leave with you, right? So 
you will do the same thing that Kepha did. You will walk. But if you stop, you will sink. If you turn away from the Aliyah day, you will fall away. If you stop keeping the Shabbat, you will fall away. If you think Mashiach is not divine, you will fall away. You will drown. But I guarantee you, the moment you do say help, the moment you do make Teshuvah, the moment do you do break your heart in repentance before God with a broken and contrite heart, with your eyes fixed and focus upon him, he will pull you up. Okay? So that's what we have to do. So for Parsha, Boom, Shakalaka, on the first reading, the very first thing from the get-go, firming your identity, suit up, and go forth in the way, the truth, and the life, and don't doubt. With that being said, shalom, many blessings over your day. I've enjoyed being a guest host and, you know, expect Rabbi Mordecai Griffin to be back on the Aliyah Day. And I'll take my radio face back to my podcast. And uh, I've enjoyed hanging out with y'all. So all you lovely people, shalom and Shavuot Tov.